0: What's up, Love Tribe? Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. We have another great
1: one for you where we welcome Dr. Nancy Lee. And Dr. Lee is a clinical psychologist in private practice in Beverly Hills, California. And today we talk about emotional...
0: Manipulation.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I had
0: to finish that for you. (laughs) Thank
1: you. I was thinking emotional (laughs) neglect, but it's a similar thing. And a lot of you probably know this most familiarly as The, the
0: Silent s- Treatment.
1: The Silent Treatment. The Silent <laughs> Treatment.
0: <laughs> my, my sentences I don't know why I'm today. doing that. Sorry. I like this. <laughs> uh,
1: um, but uh, yeah, and I've definitely been guilty of giving The Silent Treatment. And Dr. Lee gives a lot of great tools for how to deal with this if you're the recipient or if you're the one giving it how to work on these situations. And then we also talk about stonewalling and Sarah, help me out here. Gaslighting. Gaslighting. just finishing all treatment. my sentences, right? I know.
0: We're just like totally in connection today. I can read your mind.
1: <laughs> but the emotional manipulation, it doesn't feel good. And unfortunately, it is a part of most even healthy relationships. We're only human. So, Dr. Lee gives a lot of great tips for how to deal with it.
0: And she does mention in the interview how the opposite of emotional manipulation is empathy. And we actually did an episode on empathy a few weeks ago. So if you haven't listened to that, that might be a good episode to listen after this as a little follow-up to learn more. So as always, we appreciate you guys for listening. Check out all of our free resources we have on our website, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge, our couples retreat in Florida in October, and our online course, Spark My Relationship. Uh, Thanks for listening. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Dr. Lee. Thank you so much for joining us on the
2: show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here.
1: Today, we're going to talk about something that I know has definitely occurred in Sarah and I's relationship, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to be able to identify with it and that is emotional manipulation and that sounds like it can be a really negative thing and certainly something we want to avoid. So why don't we start by having you talk about the ways in which a partner can emotionally manipulate another partner and then we'll talk about how we can solve these issues.
2: Okay. Do we have three hours? <laughs> so, yeah. So emotional manipulation, I first want to explain what it is because it's a term that is used a lot in a, in a lot of different ways. But what emotional manipulation is psychologically, it's when somebody is trying to get what they want in a relationship, but they're doing it in a way that throws a relationship off balance. So they're doing it in a negative way, sometimes by being deceptive, underhanded, at the very extreme, and I'll get into this later. It can actually even be devious, but basically it's done to really get what they want at the expense of their partner. So you would ask some of the ways that it is expressed in relationships. A really common way is through angry silences. So... Anybody in a relationship probably has come into contact with a partner or this happens in their relationship. Somebody shuts down um, during an argument, but they're, they're not shutting down as a way of, hey, I'm just taking a break. I need to process this, but they're shutting things down in a really angry way. Typically, that's because they don't want to confront what the issue is. Does that ring? Does that resonate with either of you? Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, yeah, so that's something that happens all the time in relationships. There's also stonewalling, which is a category, categorical refusal to accept any perspective other than their own. Okay. So, at the light end of this, it could be a discussion about where we're taking our next vacation. And one person wants to go to Costa Rica <laughs> mm-hmm. and the other person wants, you know, the other person wants to come to California to Disneyland. I'm thinking about the new star, the new galaxy. So mm-hmm. that's on my mind. <laughs> say that the Disneyland person won't even entertain anything else. It's, it's just that. Now that sounds really that's that's pretty much innocuous but in my book i give the example of a much darker side of that i had a patient who was all of the names by the way are not their true names so i had a patient that in the book i call amanda and she she'd been dating a guy very into him charming charming seemingly wonderful guy but he wasn't she got accepted to a great graduate program back east, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and she wanted to maintain their relationship long distance. He refused to even consider that, to talk about it. So he was stonewalling her. He basically was like, hey, if you go there, I'm leaving the relationship. If, if you take that offer, I'm I'm asking absolutely leaving the relationship. So that's a more extreme example of stonewalling.
1: I want to go through all of these ways in which people can be emotionally manipulated. And then we'll talk about addressing each one, I think would be a great way to break this down. But yeah, definitely the silent treatment, I've been guilty of giving that stonewalling, maybe not so much personally in our relationship, but I know, I can't imagine how frustrating that would be. Uh, it's like, all right, where do we go from here? Let's talk about maybe the, the rest of the ways gaslighting and then fake hurt and anger and we'll go through and then we can talk about addressing them.
2: Okay. So, yeah, so I'm cutting right to the core. Gaslighting is probably at an extreme because that's, The most devious, really an underhanded way that somebody would manipulate somebody, their partner in the relationship. So gaslighting is used to make somebody question their own perceptions of reality. So it really starts throwing their partner off balance. Something that comes up as a therapist in my practice all the time is when one person is cheating and their partner suspects it, okay? So I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I'm I'm going to make the gaslighter male because that seems to what be what happens most frequently, actually. But say, so say there's a wife and she su- suspects that her partner is, that her husband is cheating. So she's going, and by the way, they don't have to be married. This could just, I see this with married couples and i see this with couples who are dating but so wife suspects her husband is cheating she goes through his phone finds it, it finds very inappropriate very inappropriate text with another woman she confronts him what comes back is hey how dare you go through my phone a so that's a deflection technique but also oh my gosh you're paranoid you're crazy that's at that you you must be paranoid. So again, it it forces her what happens is she starts thinking, you know, maybe I am paranoid. And by the way, a partner who's in a relationship doesn't want to believe something negative anyway. So, yeah, I'm probably being paranoid that really wasn't a flirty text. It's just hey, that's his coworker and they have to communicate. But no, I think women really need to start trusting their instincts. But does that give you a flavor of what gaslighting is?
0: Yeah, totally. And when you say that, the first thing that comes to mind is how can somebody move on from gaslighting? Because cheating in itself can be devastating to the relationship, but then here's somebody who's trying to make that person feel like they're wrong and they've done something wrong and that just seems something really hard to get past.
2: It's such a good question and it is really difficult. The first the first thing is recognizing that you are being manipulated or you are being gaslighted. There's a lot of denial and again, typically women don't they self-doubt. Women self-doubt themselves a lot more than men. I talk about that in my book. I go in that at length. But so the first step is really understanding and trusting your own instincts. So, hey, you have this hard evidence in front of you. Don't self-doubt. Don't doubt what you're seeing. Start think really logically. You asked about getting past that. So a very, very difficult process for somebody in a relationship, especially if there 's no getting past it if it 's ongoing, so the first thing a couple has to do is really come and and this there There are things that a couple can get past on their own, but this is something that without therapy, would be really, really difficult because they typically need an objective person to be able to say, "Hey, look at what's happening, and then how do we move on?" The first step towards moving on is definitely stopping whatever you know, whatever whatever the cover up is. So if you have somebody who's cheating, well, you have to address the cheating before the before the gaslighting. Um, there are other less latent forms of emotional manipulating emotional manipulation, but they're still considered gaslighting, are dismissing somebody, making jokes at their expense, pushing their buttons, judging a partner really harshly, but without offering any kinds of solution. It's all, again, it's all about somebody gaining power and control over the other person, and the partner starts feeling really, really inadequate.
1: So if someone is listening and they feel like they are being gaslit, I guess would be the, uh, yeah. adjective. Um, what is the first step that they can take? It, Cause it seems like if you go to your partner and be like, Hey, I see what's going on that they're just going to manipulate you more and say, what are you talking about? You know, and, and you go down this path. So what can someone say? How do they just start? the discussion around what's going on?
2: Using logic. So emotional manipulation, and again, gaslighting. Remember, gaslighting is an extreme form of emotional manipulation. But it's like the term says, it's all about emotion. So the counter to that is logic, okay? I was, an example of this is, so one of my patients is married to an attorney. And the attorney kept coming home at something like, To 2 a.m., 3 a.m., at least once or twice a week. So she was calling him out on it. She, uh, of course, like, Hey, like, what's going, what's, what's going on? You're coming home at 1 a.m. I can't reach you. And he again is turning this around. Oh, come on. You know, I have a case I'm working on. It, I have to prepare. It goes really late. So she went months believing that until she finally started, A, trusting her own instincts, looking at logic, like, wait a minute, the case that he was talking about is actually a, a different case, actually finished way before then. She knew that there was really no case that would, and there was never a case that would require that much time, and especially well into the night. So, what she did was she stood her ground again if, you're, if if one of the listeners and and this may resonate with some listeners because unfortunately it 's all too common, but you have to really stand your ground logically, so you call your partner out on that like wait a minute you 're saying i 'm crazy. Please don't try to put this on me or deflect. I'm absolutely not crazy. You need to own up, take accountability, and tell me what's going on. So the first step, again, is using not allowing oneself to get really emotionally pulled in to that manipulation, if you were. Just taking the distance and saying, wait a minute. I really need to think about this logically. It doesn't make sense what is going on. Um, standing, three words for listeners, standing your ground, so important.
1: It's got to be just a really lonely place to feel like your partner is, is manipulating you in such a extreme way as gaslighting, but then using logic, trying to step away, and then as you mentioned going to therapy really to work out the details if it's not if your partner's not just recognizing yeah like you call them out and they're like yeah you got me and 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 then moving from there i imagine often there's denial and and it's just not that smooth so uh these are great steps for someone to take and then initiating that conversation and then going into therapy to really hash things out
2: absolutely and again for a partner who for a partner who is being manipulated it's really important to remember that your needs and feelings really really do matter because what happens with gaslighting manipulation is it's all about a partner bringing out their they have an agenda And that's the only thing that they're really thinking of. They're not thinking of, they're dismissive of your needs. They're dismissive of your feelings. Another, something that seems trivial, and this isn't so much gaslighting, it's a little bit more of on the end of just sheer sheer manipulation, but very often, and this can be either men or women doing it to each other, but a partner will continually... Little or make jokes at the other person's expense that aren't really quote-unquote funny. They're more like bullying, but they're couched as humor. Um, then the, so the partner will say something like, you know, that I didn't think that was really funny. And what he or she gets back is, oh, I was just joking. Don't be so sensitive. So in that case, a comeback is No, actually, you weren't joking, and I am not being sensitive. That quote-unquote joke you made is very hurtful, and it hurt my feelings. So, again, do you see what I'm saying? It's like basically standing back, which is not easy to do, by the way. This is very challenging. But it's standing back in the moment and owning up to your own feelings and holding your partner accountable.
0: I agree, and I feel with sarcasm, I know that there can be a place for it, but I feel like in relationships there's never a place for sarcasm
2: that's such that's such a good point that's so true because it's hurt it's it's mean and it's hurtful and it's nasty.
1: I think that's directed at me
0: <laughs> well i mean we've had we've had these conversations we've, yeah
1: no no we've had like like Sarah's saying we've had the conversation and I realize I can be sarcastic and it's it is hurtful and what 's helpful is if if Sarah explicitly tells me and on that note, I wonder what it is in me that makes me feel like I need to make a sarcastic comment uh, because I find myself in, and this is something i've 've tried to work on, but as i i don't feel like i 'm trying to manipulate Sarah, but it's just it's probably my own self-esteem? What do you usually find uh, this stemming from?
2: See, the key, and I love that you said, I'm trying to work on it, shows that you are not a manipulator, by the way. Manipulators never, they, they are, they're perfect, quote-unquote. They never would try to gain insight or work on anything. For you, I, again, you sound like a really good guy. I don't, I don't know you, obviously, but from what, just from hearing what you said, It's probably been a coping mechanism, not just in relationships, but I'm guessing, hey, maybe even when you were a kid in grad school and high school, who doesn't feel inadequate or they have kids shot maybe some shyness issues, that was your strategy for making you feel a little bit more powerful was using sarcasm because sometimes... it it did get a laugh or it was witty. The problem is perhaps you got into a habit of that. And then in a relationship, it was not funny anymore, or it didn't come across as, or it doesn't come across as witty. It's just more hurtful, but that's what we all gravitate towards what's familiar. And sometimes what's familiar can work for us, but in other aspects of our life or relationships that works against us.
1: Absolutely. And I think there's an element of, for lack of a better description, like guy talk, where if there's a group of guys around, like, it's kind of a lot of times how we communicate with each other. Like, you express affection towards a male friend sometimes by...
0: Giving them a hard time?
1: Yeah, like, quote unquote, busting their balls. Like, in... That's all good. And maybe there's things to work out there and uh, within those friendships. But I feel like, like I played basketball and so we're on a team and there's a lot of that kind of going on. And maybe I felt like I needed to stick up, whatever. And but it was more in good fun, but that's not the same in a relationship. in obviously, <laughs> and, and with your wife, yeah, uh, nonetheless. But maybe right. I just need that outlet. I need to get with my male friends, and that's where the sarcasm can be uh, a little bit more embraced and, and okay.
2: And appropriate. Yeah, there's a huge difference between a bromance and a romance. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> so exactly what works with your guy pals is not going to work with your partner in a romantic relationship. And again, sometimes that's trial and error, which apparently you, I love that you get that. So I wish there were more men out there like you. It would really be helpful. I am lucky. (laughs) Well, he's very lucky too, but you're both fortunate.
0: Thank you. I would love to go back to the silent treatment and the angry silence because I feel like that can be very common in relationships. And so I would just love to know, one, how the person who generally gives the silent treatment, how they can work on that to be more aware and to not do that, and then how the person who's receiving it, how they can express their feelings or bring the awareness to their partner. But before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Babbel.
1: Babbel is the number one selling language learning app in the world that helps you speak a new language with confidence. You don't have to babble around. You can speak with confidence.
0: Oh, look at that connection.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not only can you learn Spanish, which is super helpful for us since we live in Costa Rica, but you can also learn French, Italian, German, Russian, Swedish, and more.
0: Babbel's short 10 to 15 minute lessons are available on the app or online and are designed to quickly get you speaking your new language within weeks. And my new favorite thing right now to do is before I go to bed, I pull up the app on my phone and I make sure I do 10 minutes every night. And I'm getting better. So you can Ava <laughs> <laughs> espanol. Si, si, si. So you can try Babbel for free. Go to Babbel.com or download the app and try it for free. That's Babbel, dot com or download the app to try it for free. Babbel, speak a new language with confidence. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp.
1: All right, guys, we talk about it a lot on the show and that is... Talking with a therapist or a counselor. And now there's really no excuse to not take the time to talk with one because you're able to do it on your own time at your own pace. You don't have to drive to an office because you can schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist, all from the comfort of your home. And you'll get matched with a licensed professional counselor who maybe specialized in. Things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, not just listening to I Do Podcast, but actually talking to a therapist is really going to get you to that next level of improving your life. And of course, anything you share is confidential.
0: And BetterHelp has over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists. So there is sure to be one therapist that you love. And if for some reason, after you're matched with the therapist and you don't love them, you can change them at any time for no additional charge. And not only is it super convenient, but it's also super affordable. And today, our listeners get 10% off your first month with a discount code, I do. So get started today by visiting BetterHelp.com/I do. Simply fill out the questionnaire to help them assess your needs, and you'll get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's BetterHelp.com/I do.
2: So the first part of that is so when somebody is in the habit of doing those angry silences, they really have to dig deep and understand that. That can be really very harmful to the whole communication, to the whole dynamic of their partnership. And assuming that the person, again, the person who does have, let's call it a habit of angry silences, because I rarely see somebody with this, this happens one time and it doesn't happen again, it, it unfortunately tends to keep going. There's a cycle. They have to really realize how detrimental that is to the relationship. And assuming that they have empathy, that's something I haven't mentioned, but that's that's the opposite of an emotional ma- manipulation is the expression of empathy. But they have to really dig deep, gain some insight into how hurtful that is to somebody else and start working on, okay, even though I don't want to confront the issue at hand, I'm escaping, I really do need to confront what we're discussing. A small step would be to tell their partner, you know what, I do need a break. I need to process this. It's not that I'm angry, but I just need a break. But let's come back and discuss this at, you know, let's come back and discuss this when I've cooled off a bit or when the situation is cooler. So that's, Addressing the first part of the question. The second part, which is how does the recipient of the anger deal with that? That's really tough and challenging, but it's doable. Um, It's basically first recognizing okay, wait a minute, I am being manipulated into avoiding this whole conversation. So On their part, it's really helpful to stand back, understand that, and just say, you know, you. and, And again, in the heat of the moment, it may not come out this tactfully, but this is what you strive for. Again, the the antidote for emotional manipulation and angry silences are a part of that is logic. I know you're feeling angry right now. I know you don't want to discuss it, but that said this is on the table and I'm not going to be let, la- I'm not going to be intimidated into backing off. So yes, we may not be able to continue the discussion at the moment, but I want you to know that this, that we're, we, we will be having this conversation. Does that help answer your question a bit?
0: Uh, yes. And I think to add on to that, to what I think has been something helpful for Chase and I is that if, either of us don't want to continue the conversation, we'll actually schedule a time in the future to do it so that we know that if one of us is really antsy about talking about it, but the other person is not, it gives them the opportunity to feel more comforted in that we'll be able to continue the conversation, but at a time that is good for both of us.
2: Absolutely. And the key word that you said there was scheduling. So it's it's that's again that's logical and it's unavoidable if you say okay over the weekend or or even more specifically Saturday morning when we're both not exhausted from work say that would be a good time to just pull off have a cup of coffee and put this put all this out on the table
0: I can't count how many times Chase and I have tried to have an important conversation, like early in the morning or late at night, and it's, it never turns out well. <laughs> We're just, it's, when oh, you're tired, oh, it's, the worst. it's, yeah, or hungry. Those are the worst. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. And that psychologically is very real, by the way. So people get that intuitively that there's, they're more exhausted by the end of the evening, but there actually is a phenomenon where our brains become more fatigued and have used up our mental energy as we progress through the day. So that's so right on. The morning is a much better time for people to discuss stuff that's difficult.
1: The morning after Sarah's had her coffee.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Coffee before talking. I'm a coffee person too. Yeah, I, I could never discuss anything with my husband and that like any anything heated in the evening just doesn't work. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> it is a great point that we mentioned, but it's like we have all these tools to use in the relationship, but the context in which these conversations are happening, your partner is giving you the silent treatment and it's, it's nine at night and you've had a long day it's probably not going to be super productive to aggressively confront them about it at that time. And just recognizing it to me, it's, it's in line with being mindful. So as much as I might want to discuss something, I have to be mindful of the way I feel if I'm tired or Sarah, usually it's, it's both of us at the same time. If it's late at night, we're both usually exhausted and, It's one thing if we're having a lighthearted conversation, but if it's something that Sarah and I need to discuss regarding the relationship, it's usually not going to be a productive conversation. So really important to keep that in mind with all things. We're talking about stonewalling, all these emotional neglect, but really anything in the relationship. Sarah mentioned it too. Are you tired and have you eaten? You know if you're hungry, yeah, exactly. You're also not hunger operating. doesn't
2: work, and Chase, you brought out a really good point again that okay, I'm tired, I don't want to get into this now. That's so different. Just communication is key, so and it's it's pretty simple, but for some reason, everybody forgets that, but instead of just retreating and going silent being able to say to sarah you know i'm really t- honey i'm really t- i'm really tired now this isn't a good time but we will discuss it now even the use of the term endearment i mean sorry even even the use of the term honey which is an endearment is is going to put sarah at ease because it's not okay it's not this angry again there's a huge difference between an angry silence and and just a silence where again somebody is tired they're hungry they just don't want to get into this now they need the time to process and communicating that to one's partner is really helpful it can make all, it can make all the difference incidentally an angry silence which is devastating to somebody's partner is also typically accompanied by really mean facial expressions, Um, let's say the guy is glaring or he squints his eyes, he purses his lips, Um, sometimes it's the arms crossed across the chest. So body language and facial expression is very important too.
1: I love the terms of endearment to kind of break the ice and get that shell off of your partner because I've definitely been guilty of giving the silent treatment and I feel like not so much anymore but it's like it's like this cloud that would come over me and I know it's not the way to handle it I know it's makes Sarah feel bad but it's like I let my emotions get the better of me and if she would say something like lighthearted or crack a joke or, or for example, like, oh, you're being tough now, or, you know, like just a little bit, obviously you don't want to manipulate your partner back, but just to break that shell. Break yeah. It, it just, like you said, saying honey can be uh, a valuable thing. So on that note, how can someone that is being given the silent treatment, they go to their partner, they they let their needs be known they say hey let's talk about this and they're just met with resistance like the partner doubles down they get they get angrier they get more silent you know it lasts longer what can that person uh that's being given the treatment what can they do from there
2: Here's an example, and there's lots of different ways to peel a tomato, but I'm going to give you one example. So, for example, in your relationship, because it sounds like this sometimes is an issue. So, say you do have that overrun of emotion and you go into silent mode. So, first thing Sarah is going to try, hey, babe, come on, you know, like, and I I also like how you said, try to break the ice. So, hey, you know, and, and kind of get you out of get you out of that mode, out of silent treatment mode. So, hey, hey babe, come on. I know that you're upset right now, but let's let's just talk. Let's talk about it. Okay. The best scenario would be that you listen to that and it pulls you back out of that emotional red zone and you do come back to square one and really sit down and Talk. If that doesn't work, the worst thing that Sarah would could do would be to keep to keep provoking. So say that that doesn't work. She keeps come on, you know, because her emotions are going to get heightened at that point. So she's going to be stepping out of whatever is logical at that point. Her frustration is going to take over, and she probably will not be as Nice or as tactful, which is just going to make the situation worse. So, if after trying to really resolve something, just with by communicating, you know, I'm feeling really bad right now, I'm feeling this is making me really anxious, I really would like to talk. If that doesn't work, then okay, just saying, you know what, let's, I can see that, I can see that nothing is happening right now, but let's, let's go back, let's let's restart. Okay. Let's recalibrate tomorrow morning. Let's, you know, let's do a do over. Um, but again, you tried as a recipient of this. So again, I'm talking to Sarah right now. You may be trying to just, you know, at first, Hey, come on. Like, I, I know you're feeling upset, like almost like coax you out of it. If that isn't working Okay, you know what? I can see that nothing is happening right now. Let's put this on the table for the morning.
1: Those are some great steps for someone to use. And I love the do-over. I feel like that's a often overlooked relationship hack. But Sarah and I have been...
0: We do that often. (laughs) Yeah, and
1: we've gotten better at it because normally if you're in the heat of the argument, you want to at least from my side. I want to resolve it. You know, I want to, let's figure this out. I want to prove my point. I want to, and sometimes, and then we start arguing about the argument, you know, and he said, sh- he yeah. said, she said, and it's like, if you can be mindful and recognize you're going down that road and be like, all right. And it only takes one of the partners to be like, let's start over. And, and not even right exactly. then, let's start over tomorrow. Let's start over not then and that's just such a uh, at least with Sarah and I it's been a really positive tool for us to use
2: yes let's do let's let's push the restart button let's do a do over let's restart interestingly what you said just now reminds me of some relationships that I see in my office between parent and say teenager where there are these either screaming matches or really, you see this with teenagers a lot, the really angry silence and they won't talk. And what I do sometimes in those situations is tell the parent and the kid to pick a code word, any code word they want. It it can be Fortnite. (laughs) I mean, um, just anything, anything they want, but they say the code word and they both are brought out of this emotional, what I call it, the emotional red zone. And like, okay, we both need to calm down and just restart a discussion or sometimes just take a break altogether.
1: Great advice for us in ten years when our daughter is entering her teens we'll have,
2: we'll... <laughs> oh there you go okay yeah, there you there you go
1: well, Dr. Lee, this has been super valuable, and these steps are really clear ways that we can take if we're the recipient or for giving emotional neglect towards our partner, we can be mindful and take these tools into those situations. And it seems like a lot of what we've talked about, we've talked about stonewalling and, and silent treatment and gaslighting. Obviously, there are various degrees of emotional neglect, some being more harsh than others, but that we can yeah. take the tools from, from one and apply them to the other and with that open communication. And uh, before we wrap up, are there any major things that we might have skipped over that you'd like to reiterate or introduce for our listeners?
2: I just wanna emphasize that in a relationship empathy is the opposite of emotional manipulation and that's really recognizing the feelings of somebody else. So for any listeners out there who are thinking, Uh oh, I think I'm emotionally manipulating my partner, stand back and really consider your partner's need if you, needs. If you're And then on the other hand, I also want to emphasize if any listeners are, oh my gosh, I think that I'm being victimized or, and this is, this is definitely at more of an extreme, but I feel like, wow, I, I'm the victim of emotional manipulation. Really trust your instincts, stand up for yourself and don't allow that to happen. Remember logic. Trusting yourself definitely will counter that. And then, and then of course, if it's really harsh, absolutely therapy.
1: Thank you so much for laying it all out and giving Sarah and I some tools. And I hope our listeners uh, find a lot of value in this. So let's wrap up by having you tell us where we can find you online, and then we'll say goodbye.
2: Okay, so my book has just been released. and. You can, right now, you can go to Amazon to order it. I will have a websi- website, but that's not currently active. However, there's all the events and podcasts and all sorts of good stuff and excerpts from the book on my, on the book's Facebook page. That's currently active and that's don't sleep with him yet forward slash the book.
0: Excellent. We'll be sure to link to your book through Amazon on our show notes page. So our listeners know to go there to access those links um, on our website, idpodcast.com or through our show notes page. And again, thank you so much for joining us on the show.
2: Oh, thank you, Sarah, for having me. It was a really stimulating conversation on my end as well.
0: Hi guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship so we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our Love Tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, slash unlock, and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week.
1: You are listening to a pleasure podcast.